It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. I was trying at two and a half, and I ended up doing a one and a half, just got a little bit lost in the air, um, which is really unfortunate, especially to have a score like that go up there for the team. Um, I feel like I robbed them of a couple of tens, and we could have been a little bit higher in the rankings. But, um, yeah, I was trying at two and a half, ended up doing a one and a half, which was definitely not my best work. And that is uh, the best gymnast in the world, Simone Biles, back and out for the first two weeks of the competition, including the team competition. Her team gets the silver. Russians, for the first time in, I think, over 10 years, uh, get the gold. And they did well, but Simone Biles probably would have delivered it for them. And she's so good, she made her, uh, her so difficult. The judges were wondering how to judge her accurately. Clay Travis is uh, founder of OutKick and president of OutKick. He is both. Man, is he powerful. He's got a great show that starts at noon in most of the country, uh, along with Buck Sexton. Clay, welcome back. Hey, appreciate you having me, Brian. So Simone Biles and people have speculated, her friends have talked about, maybe she's suffering from some of that abuse that she took as a kid and the pressure and afraid of hurting herself physically. I know you you do not think this is a good move. Are backing well, I, 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 yeah, look, I'm not getting into what Simone Biles is or is not thinking from a psychological perspective. I mean, my analysis is just when you put a goat uh, literally on your back, the greatest of all time, uh, we judge athletes typically throughout my life as a sports fan and as a sports commentator by how they do on the biggest stage at the biggest time. And the biggest stage at the biggest time for gymnasts is the Olympics. And so uh, I, I think the standard that we judge greatest of all times and we judge athletes should be consistent across sports when the lights are the brightest. Uh, your performance uh, is judged the most, uh, the most stringently. And so, uh, look, if, if Tom Brady, as I've said for several days, decided during the Super Bowl after starting it that he didn't want to uh, continue because of any reason uh, that was anything other than a physical injury, mm -hmm. he would be castigated to the high heavens. The same thing would happen to LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Now, look, if you decide that you don't have what it takes any longer – and you want to step away from a sport, that happens all the time. And I certainly understand uh, the idea of, you know, use the Olympics as an example, Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps, who would have been the two biggest draws at the Tokyo Olympics, both decided that they didn't have it anymore. And so they decided not to compete. So if Simone Biles had decided, hey, even a week before uh, the competition, but certainly it would have been more ideal, you know, a couple of months before hey, I don't have it anymore, and walked away, I think that would have been totally uh, acceptable within the competitive dynamic. But, you know, Brian, I do think this. There's been a lot of discussion and, and talk about Simone Biles. I think we have to start to talk about how well her teammates did in a circumstance where they suddenly had to perform in ways that they didn't anticipate without the star member of their team. I thought the other members of the U.S. women's gymnastics team stepped up in a uh, big way and obviously spoiler alert for people out there that are trying to uh, uh, trying to uh, avoid the results 
look, we just had uh, a, a woman who I think is 18 years old step up and win the women's all-around gold this morning, uh, Suni Lee, I believe. Um, and she's uh, going to be a student at Auburn this fall. So uh, she stepped up on the biggest stage at the biggest time and won the gold medal in the all-around for the U.S. women. Um, and uh, that is an incredible accomplishment by her. And I think, frankly, that's a bigger story at this point mm. than what Simone Biles did or didn't do. I mean, it was. When we talked about clutch situations, did you strike out? Did you hit a homer? Did you hit the free throw? Did you miss it? Uh, now we're talking about not showing up for the first two time, uh, for the two times in the last six weeks when you look at Osaka of, of tennis and not playing Wimbledon and citing uh, mental stress. But with with Biles, I just think she's done. She did it all in 2016 and 29, you know, and she's done it before. Why now did the pressure get to her? And I'm wondering will she, if she'll be a huge story if she could find a way to compete next week. Don't you agree? That'll be one. That'll be one of the stories we'll never forget if she chooses to do it. Yeah, I do think it'll be a massive story, and certainly NBC is rooting for that to happen uh, for the television networks because look, you know this. Stars are what people tune in for. Yep. And I think, by and large, one reason why this Olympics has struggled, and look, there are certain things you can't control, right? Uh, not knowing what the time zone is, what's going to be live, when we got a 12- or 13-hour difference for much of the United States, that's a big challenge, I think, made more so by the fact that social media uh, has, has blown up in the way that it has every single four years. Something not being live becomes a bigger issue. Uh, I think, again, I mentioned the Phelps and the, uh, and the uh, Usain Bolt decisions not to compete. Those are the two biggest stars in the Olympics. Simone Biles was the next biggest. And then you toss in, look, the U.S. women lose their opening game in soccer. The U.S. men lose their opening game in basketball. Katie Ledecky loses her first, uh, her first swimming race. Uh, there's just been a lot of, I would say, not you know, ideal storylines for the start of the Olympics, not even to consider – the lack of crowds, the COVID dynamic, the fact that I think a lot of people are just over uh, seeing athletes walk around in masks and, uh, and and are over the you know the COVID uh, the COVID influence on athletics. Probably many of those people uh, are tuning out partly as a result of the fact that many of the athletes don't seem that proud of America. And usually, the Olympics is the ultimate place where we all kind of put aside our partisan differences and choose to support yeah. the USA no matter what. Um, you know, I, I talked about this on my show, Brian. I remember being 19, in 1988 uh, when we were playing in Seoul, the Olympics taking place there. I remember being a kid and being consumed with whether or not the United States was going to have the most gold medals uh, and was going to, uh, to end up with, uh, you know, the most medals overall. And I watched it all on television, right? And in 1988, there wasn't really a way to know, even though it's on the other side of the, of the world, as a kid and even as an adult, there wasn't really that way in 1988 to keep tabs on the fact that these events were not taking place live and all those things. So you put on uh, NBC and you sat back and you watched. And um, I think that's just kind of where we are. I think right. it's emblematic of uh, many of the challenges facing yeah. the Olympics. Well, we are winning the medal count, I think 39 to 28 over uh, China. Uh, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think that he transcends sports. He's on so many commercials, uh, movie star, good looks, high-profile relationships, and the reigning MVP late in his 30s. We used to never see this, uh, but now we're seeing it. Tom Brady spoiled us. Aaron Rodgers continues to shine. He, he seems to be somewhat of a football genius. And last year, uh, about four months ago, he says, you know what? I don't think I want to play for the Packers anymore. And no one could figure out why. 
He talked yesterday very candidly. Uh, cut 42. Based on uh, them drafting my replacement, J-Lo, last year, I think that kind of put things in motion. Based, the way, based on the way the season went last year, there was nothing in last season that made me uh, confident that I'd be back after 21 and maybe even not after 20, 2020. Thought we could progress some of those conversations with maybe a greater commitment during the offseason. Uh, like I said, that didn't really didn't happen. And then it kind of progressed from there into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond. That really wasn't given at any time. For me, I had to assess the situation. Not necessarily wanted to be a lame duck quarterback, especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. So he says they didn't fact me any decisions. He goes, you have to do everything I say, but I'm at practice with him every day. He's been with the organization longer than most of the people in the front office. Don't you want to know what receivers I think are good, who works hard, what I think we need? He couldn't understand why they weren't factoring him in. It seems to be a dumb move by um, on the with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, why not? Why don't you want this guy's input? Well, I mean, I think this is emblematic of football in general, right? Um, the GM and the head coach see themselves as the chess grandmasters. And even if you are a big time piece on the chessboard, you're still subservient to them. So really this is to some extent a power struggle. And Aaron Rodgers also said, you know, he thought it was uh, unfortunate that uh, in the wake of, uh, of that great season, they didn't come rushing to him to try to sign him to a multi-year extension. In fact, it took all these other teams being interested in Aaron Rodgers for them suddenly to come running to him and try to get him. And, and look, I think ultimately what this boils down to is two things, power and respect. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers believes he deserves some of the power to dictate the final years of his career. And he also thinks, based on his performance, that the Packers should be respecting him more than they have. And I think this is the same thing we saw play out. So where do you England side, Clay? Tom Brady. Where do you right? side? Are you, are you with Rodgers on this? I think when you when you have one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL, you have to do whatever it takes to make that quarterback happy. Because if he leaves and they go to Jordan Love or someone else, the team goes from a 12-win team probably to an eight or nine-win team. Uh, that's how much difference one elite quarterback makes. So I think you have to keep your talent happy at the quarterback position uniquely in all of football. Uh, and really in all of sports, I don't think any position matters more than the quarterback in uh, right. college football or the NFL. Absolutely. So I want you to hear your other area of expertise is politics. You talk about everything on your show, uh, on OutKick. Here's what Chuck Todd, and he did this without a laugh track. I admire this. Listen to what he says is going on in politics today and what he doesn't believe. The Republicans have been running on, there's a liberal bias in the media. And if you talk about if you say something long enough, there are liberals who say there's a liberal bias in the media when you see polling now. The point is, if you say it enough, a lot of people believe it. But now the Republicans have sort of subsumed all of this and it's turned into this. We should have fought back better in the mainstream media. We shouldn't have accepted the premise that there was liberal bias. We should have defended, no, we're, we're stuck in a, our bias is facts. You know, I, I hear the attacks on fact checkers where they fact check Republicans six times more than they fact check Democrats. Yeah, perhaps the Republicans are being factually incorrect more often than the Democrats. How, how, what is your take? Does he really believe what he's saying? I mean, I don't know about you, but when the Washington Post puts democracy dies in darkness on the front page of their newspaper every day after Donald Trump gets elected, I don't remember them ever doing that for a uh, Democratic elected president. Um, you, you may, uh, I, I don't think that's ever happened. When the New York Times 
basically turns into an opposition piece for the Donald Trump government. I think, if anything, and from a media perspective, the subscription-based model has forced many different media outlets to even more aggressively move to the left wing. Uh, You look at the New York Times, you look at the Washington Post, who is their base? Their base has become far left wing opposition to the Republican Party uh, uh, business model. And so if you actually cover the Democrats aggressively, then you lose your base. It's a fandom element. The analogy that I would make, Brian, for people out there who are aware, there are subscription-based sites for big-time college athletic programs, rivals, 24-7 sports, if you follow these. One of the things you learn is those sites cannot be hypercritical of the team that they cover in the same way that independent media could because if you rip the team that you cover too much – then the base that is paying you to cover that team says, wait a minute, why would I pay money for you to denigrate the team that I love so much that I'm paying $10 a month for you to cover? That's really what's become the case also with the New York Times and the Washington Post. They can only go so far before there's a rebellion from their subscriber base. I doubt that Chuck Todd is very plugged in with what the business dynamics are of, uh, of, of media, but I can tell you this right now. The squishy middle is where you get crushed. Uh, whether you like it or don't like it, you've got to make sure that your base is happy. Right. Uh, or you could just be honest about it and just say, hey, you know what? The Republicans are right at the border. Hey, you know what's going on? I, I think that first infrastructure package could set the table for more compromises down the line. You know, give on. Don't pretend uh, that that's you're right. actually going to discuss anything that make Democrats upset. That's what I try to do with my shows every day. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what I believe. I'm not going to pull any punches. If you disagree, that's great. That's one of the great things about living in America. Uh, you don't have to agree with everything that I say, and in fact, you shouldn't. But you if believe you what you say. You that's believe right. what There's you an say. Authenticity. There's an authenticity behind it, and I'm not pulling punches. And I think that's really what Americans want more than a rabid advocate for one side or the other. They just want people to be honest with them. And not be pulling the wool over their eyes. And I think when you claim, oh, we're 100% unbiased, uh, like you know, a guy like Chuck Todd would in that, in that clip, no, it's, it's flagrantly clear that that's not true um, you know, going forward. No kidding. And he replaced Tim Russert, and he was balanced. And he, was, right. and he did take on everybody, whether it was Dick Cheney or, uh, or it was uh, Senator Ted Kennedy. And I, I, that's what I counted on. And this guy replaces Tim Russert and claims there's no liberal bias in the media. Are you kidding? Clay, I look forward to your show today. Always great having you on. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Well, keep up the good work, Brian. All right, you got it. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.